Good morning. Welcome to worship. I am so glad that I am back with you this week. I had a nice vacation, but you know what? Coming back is good. <laughs> it is so nice to be here to worship with you this morning and for those who are online this morning. I don't know how many people will be at the park at 10 a.m., but we are. I am going to be leaving here and going to the park to have a service there. So hopefully that will also be a wonderful time. Let us center ourselves with these words. Place your hope and trust in the Lord, whose faithful love watches over your homes in times of greatest need. We do have some announcements. Um, Sarah's coming forward. She is the only one on the PowerPoint, so if she has to come up here, it takes a little while. I'm not wearing my running shoes again. <laughs> All right, so um, good morning. Um, tomorrow, September 11th, is a blood drive here in our fellowship hall at 1 p.m. If you are able to, I'm always going to encourage you to give blood. There is always a need in our country for blood. And, I mean, they give you a snack afterwards. So if you can, please do. If you can't, please volunteer if you're able to. Um, and if you can sit, just consider it or even tell other people that we're having a blood drive, that would be fantastic. I would love for there to be so many people that they're busy all the time here. Um, on Wednesday, this coming week, we have our Spirit Carnival. Um, that starts at 5 o'clock. Uh, it's also with our food and fellowship meal for the month, which uh, is a free meal. And it looks like, I think we're, I didn't write it down. See, this is what happens. Um, I think they said they were having brats. Not 100% sure on that, but um, it's going to be a fun time. There's going to be crafts. There's going to be games. The Alive Band is singing. So if you have a chance to come by anytime between 5 and 7.30, please do. If you're able to volunteer, there's a sign-up sheet out on the office ledge. I hear there's going to be a dunk tank. Um, <clears throat> I believe my son's been volunteered for that. Not by me, but somebody else volunteered him. So it'll be a fun time. So come on over, see what we have going on. Uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, Saturday or Sunday the 17th, we are starting Sunday School and FaithLink. So that's at 9.30 for Sunday School from pre-K through 6th grade. And then FaithLink also begins, that's at 9.45, and you can contact the office if you would like to get a copy of the book that they are going to be doing, which is Christianity and World Religions. And I think that's a, did I see that's an Adam, Ham, Adam Hamilton book? Yes. So if you want to like maybe take a look at it, there are some out on the uh, ledge outside the office if you want to see what all that's about. We are still looking for people who want to join our choir, so there's a sign up out on the ledge. What I'm telling you here is if you're here in church today, you need to go stop by the ledge and see all the sign-ups and all the things that you can do to volunteer and participate in our church. If you're not here and you're watching online, call the office and tell them, okay, I need to know everything that's on the ledge so I can put my name down for the things I need to put my name down for. Um, and I guess the last one is, is that our live worship on Wednesday nights will be starting soon. October 4th is going to be that first evening worship on Wednesday uh, starts at 7 o'clock, and uh, it's the first and third Wednesday of each month. And if you don't know what an alive worship is like, like Tammy said, head over to the, we keep calling it the tent, but it's, it's, it's not a tent anymore. Um, keep going, go over to the main stage at the Broski Center at Legion Field today at 10 o'clock, and alive is going to be leading worship there. I think that's all of my announcements, so if you would like to stand if you are able, and we will sing our first hymn, Joyful, Joyful. 
was beautiful. I'll ask that you remain standing for our call to worship, opening prayer in our meeting, or shaking of hands. Sing a new song to God. Dance with laughter and joy. Rejoice with strings and drums. Sing a new song to God. Let us pray together. Ancient of days, we enter your presence to remember and rejoice. We come looking for your steadfast faithfulness and your loving care. May we be a people who seek reconciliation and genuine forgiveness with one another. In remembrance and gratitude for your mercy and your grace, we pray. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Set aside sorrow and past resentments. Embrace Christ's gift of healing and reconciliation as we share signs of peace with one another. Meet and greet your neighbors with the love of Christ. Peace be with you. Even though there are no children here this morning, there are children at home. So this is addressed to all the children of God. It is school time, and in the Northern Hemisphere, children are either back in school or will soon be back in school. I don't know if you know this about me, but at one time I was a teacher at the university. One thing about being a teacher is that you need to know what the students know and what they don't know, so you know where to begin to teach them. I have some questions this morning, and since the, there are no children uh, here, I'd like to have people in the congregation see if you can answer these questions. <laughs> are you ready? If you know the answer, raise your hand. And listen very, very carefully. The first question, how many of each animal did Moses take on the ark with him?
That's right. <laughs> you got the answer correct. None. Because it wasn't Moses. <laughs> it was Noah. So that means you were listening very carefully. <laughs> Question number two. Are automobiles or cars mentioned in the Bible? Let's check our answer. And this is supposed to be funny. Yes, in Acts 2.1, let's see what it says. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all in one accord. <laughs> I don't think they were talking about a Honda Accord. <laughs> According to the Bible, can one plus one ever equal three? <laughs> it can, because the answer is in the Bible. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am with them. So when two, one plus one is two, are gathered together, it can become three because Jesus is with them. And I'm not sure exactly how many people are here today, but whatever the number is, we can always add one to that number, and that number is Jesus added to this. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for being here with us this morning as we gather together to worship in your name. May, we be, may you be with us this whole week and especially all those people who are suffering from the earthquake. In Jesus' name, amen. an opportunity this morning to share our joys and concerns with one another and so Sarah doesn't have on her running shoes but she will probably be moving pretty quickly when we have a joy or concern we ask that you raise your hand we'll bring the microphone to you um, say your name so people online can know who's praying for whom and um, lift up your prayer concern I'll lift up a brief prayer close it with Lord in your mercy and ask that you respond hear our prayers Pastor, can I start because I have the microphone? You can. This is Sarah. Um, last week, we asked for prayers for the McGuire family um, grandpa, Jerry. And I'm happy to announce as a joy that he actually was able to come home from the hospital uh, yesterday after his farm accident. He is walking. He's not on a ventilator. He's doing fantastic. Um, it was a really, really scary accident. And we're very lucky that he is doing very well. Lord, we pray a prayer of thanksgiving for Jerry. We're so thankful that he is doing better. It sounds like it was a really scary accident. And Lord, sometimes we look at these healings as being a miracle because they happen so quickly and they do happen at all. And sometimes they don't. 
And so, Lord, when it does, we just want to give you praise and thank you for showing that you are present with us. Lord, in your mercy. I am Diane Lenhair, and Brian and I have a joy. It, are, it is our son Cole's birthday today, and we were able to FaceTime early this morning. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, we, you know, when you can't be there, that's the next best thing. At least you can see their face. And so, Lord, we lift up Cole today. We thank you for all that he does, and we just um, <laughs> pray a birthday blessing over him that so thankful he was able to talk with his family and also lord know that you are present with him will give him great joy lord in your mercy chuck rogers uh tammy's not here today as we have a brunch at 10 o'clock celebrating her 60th birthday We had a couple birthdays. Can we sing just without music, just sing? Happy birthday to them. Do we have any other birthdays that are coming up this week before we sing? All you have to do is raise your hand. Your husband's. Okay. So let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, I admit I'm a little off key when I don't have music, but it's still fun, right? They all would have said, no, don't sing. <laughs> all right, Lord, we lift up Tammy. We just pray that she has a wonderful birthday and a wonderful brunch. Lord, in your mercy. Other joys or concerns this morning? All right, let's pray. Lord, as we are gathered here, we remember this day is September 10th, and we all know tomorrow is September 11th, which forever changed the way we as Americans look at the world. It also changed the way we relate to others in times of tragedy, and Lord, may we always remember your presence on that day and, and remember so many people who were lost. In addition to that, Lord, we know that many people were lost in an earthquake. We're still in that process of, of recovery in Hawaii, and there have been storms and heat and every kind of thing imaginable. And Lord, we know that you say when two or more are present, you are there. And so, Lord, we ask that we gather together, even one or two people together, and recognize your presence among us. Lord, we are so thankful that you are able to be there loving us in our journey of life as we struggle and sometimes as we rejoice. We know that you are present. And so this morning, Lord, we pray together the prayer our Lord and Savior taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. 
Today's reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For there are two or three, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So I have a brief sermon planned because I somehow thought the prayer concerns and everything else would take a lot longer. Mending a broken relationship. When I hear this scripture, that's what I hear is happening. When one person goes to another person and talks to them rather than going to someone else and talking about them. Conflict is something most of us are not comfortable with. In fact, you know, when we were little, we were taught things like, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, right? And so many times, it's like you hear something and somebody has sinned and you're like, if I say that, I'm not being nice. It's not always about being nice. Sin is real. Sin exists. Every single one of us who are here at some point in our lives, and perhaps even today, have sinned, right? Because we all fall short of the glory of God. It's just something that happens and we don't necessarily mean to but it happens and some things we see are obvious sins that need to be pointed out you have somebody who has a problem with alcohol or drugs or a problem with infidelity or many other circumstances that you see is a problem and instead of going to your wife or your husband or your mother or your father or your Sunday school class or the prayer concern list, we should go directly to them. Sometimes this is hard for me. I remember things that I was taught as a child, and one of them was that if you are fighting, because my brother and I fought a lot, and so we did have that confrontation face to face. But after a while, I started doing some weird, annoying, high-pitched screaming thing. I know, it's shocking, right? And so, you know, I guess I said to my brother, if I scream, you will get spanked and you will be in trouble. Guess who overheard that? My mother. And so from that point on, she said, if one of you gets in trouble, both of you gets in trouble. I started to avoid 
confrontation. Because I really didn't want to be in trouble. I just wanted my brother to be in trouble. <laughs> I admit it. I was a little girl. I, I wanted my brother in trouble. Um, but that went on in my life in different circumstances. I remember one time my cousin was over, and my cousin was oh, four years younger than me. But I was little, and she was bigger than me, and she used to sit on me and pound on me when my parents were downstairs. And I couldn't fight back because she was younger than me, right? And so I had to kind of take it. And we were at a family reunion, and oh, gosh, I must have been like 45, and she was around 40. And my cousin said, remember when I used to pound on you upstairs in your bedroom? And my mother was like, what? And I said, well, yeah, <laughs> Mom, that happened. And she's like, I never knew that. And I said, well, I told you Dina was being mean to me. And she said, yeah, but I didn't know that. And it was just sometimes we just do so many weird things to avoid conflict. I still do it. This is a sermon I need to hear as much as I need to tell. When we have a problem with somebody, especially if it is directly with you, you need to talk to that person directly. This isn't about ending a relationship. This is about mending a relationship. Sometimes the person you're upset with said something without intending it to be offensive. Sometimes they said something that was about a different Tammy. I know, shocking. Or sometimes they said something or did something that you totally misconstrued. How will you know if you don't talk to them? They have this, um, there's a TV show once that asked, you know, a, a woman asked the pastor if it is all that bad to gossip. And he said, let me tell you what to do. He said, I want you to go to the very highest point of the church, open a pillow that is filled with feathers, and dump all the feathers out. And so she did that. A week later, she said, so what was the purpose of dumping those feathers out? He said, well, when you say something bad about people, it's like those feathers. Now I want you to go out and collect all those feathers and put them back in the pillow. And she said, that's impossible. He said, so it is with gossip, too. It is impossible to get that back. When we start doing that, we start causing dissension. And it happens in a church as well as in individual relationships. Some of those fights I had with my brother, honestly, were in the church parking lot. We had been good for an hour. That was about as far as we could take it sometimes. Sometimes, too, because we had Sunday school. But after that, we got in the car, and I don't know why two siblings instantly fight, but we did. We were brothers and sisters, actually related. And we, as, as a family of Christ, are brothers and sisters with one another. And still we find there are times that we argue with one another. And the first thing we want to do is we want to bring somebody else into it in in different terms, they call that triangulation, when you bring somebody else into it before you've even had a chance to address them. And so that ruins the rule of Christ, the way we are supposed to do things. Christ says, first go to them. First go to them. And then if that doesn't work, bring a couple members of the church with you. And if that still doesn't work, bring the whole church body with you. And if that doesn't work, treat them like a Gentile or tax collector. And that sounds really, really bad, right? 
This is the gospel according to Matthew, right? Now, I'm not saying necessarily that Matthew wrote it, but it is with his name there. The gospel according to Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. How did Jesus, what did Jesus do with tax collectors? He welcomed them into his inner fold. What did he do with Gentiles? Well, think of the Samaritan woman at the well. He made her part of community there by her having something to share with other people about who he was. This is about bringing people into community, mending broken relationships, not separating them. I was reading a book by Barbara Brown Taylor earlier, and it's, she had a story about this. It's like a parable. So I'll have you listen to my um, paraphrase of it. And the thing is that she said that Joe was friends with Bob, and Joe and Bob were in church together, and they went to church every Sunday. This was a fairly large church. And one day Joe needed, um, or actually it was Bob, Bob needed a lawnmower. And Joe had a lawnmower at home, and he said, you know what, how about you borrow mine and then just bring it back, and we'll be good, you know, and then you can get your lawn mowed, and you don't have to buy a new one. Well, Joe took that lawnmower home and mowed his lawn, and then, or Bob did, I'm getting the names mixed up. Anyway, the lawnmower went home. <laughs> and then later on, it didn't come back. Now, Joe's grass started growing, right? Because that's what happens when you don't mow it. It just keeps growing taller and taller. It had been a couple weeks, and we all know what happens in the summer after a couple weeks of grass growth. You need to mow it. And so he went over to Bob, and he said, hey, Bob, um, do you have that lawnmower? I kind of need it back. And he said, well, actually, I've been hesitant to tell you this because I really didn't want to, but um, I loaned it to somebody, and they backed their truck over it. And so the lawnmower's not working anymore. And he said, okay, you think you could pay for half of it? And he looked at him and he was like, pay for half of it? Why should I pay for half of your lawnmower? It was an accident. Accidents happen. And so then Joe went home and he was a little angry about this. And he talked to some people at church and a couple people came with him to talk to him. And he said, okay, I want to talk to you about this lawnmower. And Bob got all upset and says, you know what? I think you guys are ganging up on me. Why are you doing this? Why are you confronting me in such a way? It was a lawnmower. It was an accident. He said, all I need you to do is write a statement so that I can give it to the insurance company and this lawnmower can be replaced. He says, you guys are just ganging up on me. I do not want to talk to you anymore. And he slams the door in their face. After that, Joe was pretty sure that he would have a hard time Talking with Bob again, right? Makes sense. This relationship is kind of broken. It's fractured. It's, it's separated. And, and Bob and Joe no longer are friends. And, and so he went to the church. And the church decided what they could do was they could go outside. And I know they knew they wouldn't be welcomed in the house at this point. That was done. That wasn't going to happen. And so they went outside with signs saying, Joe, we forgive you, we want you to be part of us, please know we love you, or whatever was on the signs. There's all kinds of people with signs around his house. And it seems a little extreme to me, but Joe peeked through the window, and he saw the church family outside wanting to make reconciliation with him over this lawnmower. Lawnmower wasn't important. Some of the signs said, you are important to us. 
you know, things like that. And so he came out with a check in his hand and handed it to Joe and said, I'm sorry about your lawnmower. And so they embraced and they were once again part of the community. This scripture isn't about separating people in our community. It's about restoring relationship. Because when we start talking about them without going first to them, that's a first step in fracturing that relationship. Or second step, because first is whatever the sin was that started fracturing it. Recognizing that we're all guilty of something also gives us that ability to see that there is good reason to talk with someone. We've all done something. Some of us actually have borrowed a car and backed it into another car or been in an accident or something like that. Others of us haven't, but have had it happen to us. And some of us have never had anything like this happen at all. That's why it's a parable. But what we can learn from this is how we can once again be part of a community. C.S. Lewis talks about hell in this way. He says hell is like this big gray place. And the people in the middle started out being together, but they argued and they couldn't get along. So instead of trying to get along, they just moved out and built new houses farther and farther apart. And gradually they found out that the new neighbors they had, they couldn't get along with them either. So they started moving out even farther. So all of a sudden we have this, this gray area that is a big, round, huge area. This is how hell keeps growing, he says. Because people keep having these broken, fractured relationships, and instead of working themselves out with one another, they decide to put up walls and to move farther apart. We can have hell here on earth too, can't we? When we break relationships, when they're fractured, when instead of trying to make amends, we shut the door in their face. There's so many ways that we can be together to be part of a family. And sometimes we look around and we think, what happened to Sarah? Or what happened to, I'm sorry, Sarah, I used your name. But, you know, somebody else that might be gone from our church service today. What, what happened to them? Why aren't they here? How did this relationship become fractured? you know what maybe it's the day that you are the one who goes to them maybe not because it's a sin that you are aware of or anything like that but maybe simply because it's a fractured relationship that you want to restore and you approach them you say you know what I kind of miss you can we have coffee because sometimes it doesn't work just inviting them back to church first because usually there's some reason why they're gone, and you're not going to find out just by saying, please come back to church with us, and they'll say, I'm uncomfortable with that. But if you say, hey, can you have coffee with me sometime? Can we talk? Can I, can I see how you're doing? Can I visit with you in your house? Would you like to come over to mine and have spaghetti dinner? Or maybe not spaghetti, but you know something. We have to make that extra effort to be the one who reaches out. Jesus says we are to be the ones to go first. It doesn't always seem fair, does it? Because they're talking about we're supposed to reach out to a sinner. That means that somebody who is maybe the victim is reaching out. 
I'm going to tell you one thing, and I want you to really take this, this to heart. When we're talking about this, we are not talking about situations that are dangerous. If you have been hurt by somebody physically, emotionally, or any way like that where you have been actually are in danger or are afraid to go see them personally, this is not the situation that Jesus was talking about. He's talking about sins that could be meant, that could be mended. He was talking about churches that had five to eight people in them where they were all close and connected. And yet even in a group of five to eight people, I don't know why, but sometimes we do things to fracture relationships. When my daughter was little, I have lots of family stories, I know. Sorry, Jordan. When my daughter was little, she would have her friends over, and one time she had one friend over, another time she would have another friend over, and we overheard her talking to her friend about another one of her friends. And I told her, you know, if you do this, this will get back to them. They will hear about it, and they will be hurt, and they might not be your friend after that. I don't know that that stopped that gossiping, but I do know that some of the relationships were fractured. And sometimes it's like that pillow. When you start emptying out those feathers, there is just no way put them back so we need to be that first step before it ever gets to that point and this is one of our hardest lessons from Jesus I think is to do something we don't like to do because most of us don't like conflict we don't like confrontations we don't like putting somebody else on the spot or being put on the spot ourselves but there are times in life where that is far more helpful than, say, posting an angry email or putting something out there that's kind of weirdly specific but not mentioning names, you know, where the person who, who is part of that is the only person who knows that it's about them. That's hard, too, when you see it on social media. Today, it's so much different than it was when my child was little. None of these girls could post about anybody else. They didn't have that much access to the computer, and we were watching them like a hawk all the time when they were. Now we hardly have our face away from the phones when you're young. Just right there. And to be honest, some of us adults, and me included, are that way during the day, too. And so we have to be careful, and we have to be cautious. Because once we post something online, it is out there for everyone to see. And that is far more than one pillowcase full of feathers. Let us go first to the person. Next, follow the rule of Christ where we go with two people. Next, go talk to your church elders. Have them meet if you need to. Usually, by step one or two, the situation is resolved or you know whether it can be or not. It makes common sense and yet it's so hard to do. So Jesus challenges us. 
He challenges us in our daily walk with him, in our daily walk with our friends and our neighbors, to be in relationship with one another, to recognize that when we do some things, some actions, we actually are fracturing relationships. And Jesus said, when two or more of you are together, he is there too. And so when you think, I just can't face this person alone, I am so mad, just remember Jesus is there with you. And maybe that will tame your tongue. And maybe that will give you grace to accept that you too have not been perfect. And maybe that relationship can be restored. I pray that many relationships that have broken will be restored in the months and years to come. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
be seated. Let us join together in our prayer of confession. Gracious God, amidst our songs of joy, our hearts are touched by fear. Sin plagues our world, even as we strive to build your realm. Sorrow enters our lives, even as we put on false smiles and engage in empty conversations. Death lurks around every corner, even as we struggle against our own mortality. Reconcile us with your love and compassion, and bless us with your compassionate presence, that we may be filled with joy, love, and hope this day. Amen. Let us hear these words of assurance. Wherever two or three are gathered in Christ's name, God is with us. Where God is, grace and compassion abide. In the grace of God and the love of Christ, we are made one in the ministry to the world. This is good news. And now, not because we have to, but because we are grateful, let us return to God what is ours to share, and let us joyfully offer our time, our treasure, our commitment, and our prayers. I invite the usher to come forward for the receiving of today's tithes and offerings. Please join me in our offering prayer. Receive these gifts as offerings of love, O oh God. Bless them with your grace, that those who receive them may find compassion and hope. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Our next song is the gift of love, and as long as you are standing, I invite you to remain standing as we sing together. The gift of love found on page 408.
called us here, God now sends us forth. Just as God has joined us here, God goes with us now. Go with the power of God to love and serve the world. Amen. side. 